Chapter Ten of Bow Brocade by Baroness Emma Orksey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. A Stranger at the Forge. In the meanwhile, Lady Patience, with Betty by her side, had been walking towards the forge as rapidly as the state of the road permitted. A sudden turn of the path brought her within sight of the crossways and of the old gallows, on which a fragment of rain-spattered rag still fluttered ghost-like in the wind. But here, within a few yards of her goal, she stopped suddenly, with eyes dilated and hands pressed convulsively to her heart, in an agony of terror. Walking quickly on the road from Worksworth towards Stitch's cottage were some half-dozen red-coated figures, the foremost man among them wearing three stripes upon his sleeve. Soldiers, with a sergeant at the forge, what could it mean but awful peril for the fugitive? Her halt had been but momentary. The next instant she was flying down the pathway, closely followed by Betty, and had reached the shed just as the soldiers were skirting the cottage towards it. She glanced within, and gave a quick sigh of relief. There was no sign of her brother, and John was busy at his anvil. Already the smith had caught sight of her. Hush, he whispered reassuringly, have no fear, my lady, I've had soldiers here before. But they'll recognize me, perhaps, or guess. No, no, my lady, do you pretend to be a waiting wench? They are men from Derby, mostly, and not like to know your face. There was not a moment to be lost. Patience realized this together with the certainty that her own coolness and presence of mind might prove the one chance of safety for her brother. Halt! came in loud accents from the sergeant outside. The lock, Master Stitch, said Patience, loudly and carelessly, as the sergeant stepped into the doorway. Is it ready? Her ladyship's coach is following me from Aldwark, and will be at the crossroads anon. Quite ready, mistress, replied the smith, casting a rapid glance at the soldier, who stood in the entrance with hand to hat in military salute. The latter took a rapid survey of the interior of the forge, then said politely, Your pardon, ladies. Well, and what is it now, sergeant? queried John, with affected impatience. I have heard that there's a stranger at your forge, Smith, replied the soldier. My corporal came down from Aldwark early this afternoon and told me about him. I'd just like to have a talk with him. One moment, sergeant, said John, interposing his burly figure between patience and the prying eyes of the young soldier. I think you'll find the lock quite secure now, mistress, he said, trying, good honest fellow that he was, 
to put as much meaning into the careless sentence as he dared she mutely thanked him with her eyes took the padlock from his hands and gave him over some money for his pains the while her heart was nearly bursting with the agony of suspense no stranger sergeant rejoined the smith once more turning with well-assumed indifference to the soldier only my nephew out of nottingham your corporal was a derby man and knew the lad's mother my sister hannah quite so quite so smith quoth the sergeant pleasantly then you won't mind my searching your forge and cottage just for form's sake even then patience did not betray herself either by a look or a quiver of the voice lad how tiresome be those soldiers she said with an affected pout i'd hoped to wait here in peace friend smith until the arrival of her ladyship's coach nay mistress you need not be disturbed said the smith jovially the sergeant is but jesting eh friend he added turning to the soldier there i give you my word master sergeant that there is not here for you to find i've my orders smith said the sergeant more curtly nay friend interposed lady patience surely you overstep your orders john stitch is honest and loyal you do him indignity by such unjust suspicions your pardon ma'am but i know my duty there's no suspicion against the smith but there are many rebels in hiding about here and i've strict orders to be on the lookout for one in particular philip gascoigne earl of stretton who is known to be in these parts john stitch interrupted him with a loud guffaw lud man he said there's no room for a noble lord in a wayside smithy you waste your time my orders say i've the right to search quoth the sergeant firmly and search i'm going to then he turned to his squad who were standing at attention outside follow me men he said as he stepped forward into the forge fortunately the remote corners of the shed were dark and patience still had her hood and cloak wrapped closely round her or her death-like pallor the wild terrified look in her eyes would at this moment have betrayed her in spite of herself but honest john was standing in the way of the sergeant looky here sergeant he said quietly i'm a man of few words but i'm a free-born englishman and my home is my castle it's an insult to a free and loyal citizen for soldiers to search his home as if he were a felon i say you shall not enter so you take yourself off before you come by a broken head smith you're a fool commented the sergeant with a shrug of the shoulders and you do yourself no good that's as it may be friend quoth john there are fools in every walk in life 
you be a stranger in these parts and don't know me but folk'll tell you that what john stitch once says that he'll stick to so forewarned is forearmed friend sergeant eh but to this the sergeant had but one reply and that was directed to his own squad now then my men he said follow me and you john stitch he added loudly and peremptorily stand aside in the name of the king the men were ranged round the sergeant with muskets grasped ready to rush in the next moment at word of command john stitch stood between them and a small wooden door little more than a partition behind which philip earl of stretton was preparing to sell his life dearly that death would immediately follow capture was absolutely clear both to him and to his devoted sister who with almost superhuman effort of will was making heroic efforts to keep all outward show of alarm in check even amongst these half-dozen soldiers any one of them might know lord stretton by sight and was not likely to forget that twenty guineas a large sum in those days was the price the hanoverian government was prepared to pay for the head of a rebel philip was a man condemned to death by act of parliament if he were captured now neither prayer nor bribes nor even proofs of innocence would avail him before an officious magistrate intent on doing his duty a brief halt at brassington courthouse an execution in the early dawn these were the awesome visions which passed before patience's eyes as with a last thought of anguish and despair she turned to god for help no doubt john stitch was equally aware of the imminence of the peril and determined to fight for the life of his lord he brandished his mighty hammer over his head and there was a look in the powerful man's eyes that made even the sergeant pause a while ere giving the final word of command thus there was an instant's deadly silence whilst so many hearts were wildly beating in tumultuous emotion just one instant a few seconds mayhap whilst even nature seemed to stand still and time to pause before the next fateful minute and then a voice a fresh young happy voice was suddenly heard to sing my beautiful white rose it was not very distant but twenty yards at most and even now seemed to be making for the forge drawing nearer and nearer instinctively what else could they do soldiers and sergeant turned to look out upon the heath there was such magic in that merry boyish voice clear as that of the skylark singing the quaint old ditty they looked and saw a stranger dressed in elegant almost foppish fashion his brown hair free from powder tied with a large bow at the nape of the neck 
dainty lace at his throat and wrists scarce a speck of mud upon his fine well-cut coat he was leading a beautiful chestnut horse by the bridle and had been singing as he walked patience too catching at this happy interruption like a drowning man does at a straw turned to look at the approaching stranger her eyes were the first to meet his as he reached the entrance of the forge and with an elaborate courtly gesture he raised his three-cornered hat and made her a respectful bow then he burst out laughing ho 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 but here's a pretty to-do why john stitch my friend you look a bit out of temper he stood there framed in the doorway with the golden light of the afternoon sun throwing into bold silhouette his easy graceful stature and the pleasant picture of him with one arm round the beautiful horse's neck and his slender fingers gently fondling its soft quivering nose john stitch at first sound of the stranger's voice had relaxed from his defiant attitude and a ray of hope had chased away the threatening look in his eyes so would you be captain he said gruffly with these red coats inside your house and all their talk of rebels captain murmured the sergeant i captain bathurst my man of his majesty's white dragoons said the stranger carelessly as without more ado he led his horse within the forge and tethered it close to the entrance then he came forward and slapped the sergeant vigorously on the back and i'll go bail sergeant that john stitch is no rebel he's far too big a fool he added in an audible whisper and with a merry twinkle in his gray eyes patience still stood rigid expectant terrified in the darker corner of the shed she had not yet realized whether she dared to hope whether this young stranger with his pleasant boyish voice and debonair manner would have the power to stay the hand of fate which was even now raised against her brother betty behind her mistress was too terrified to speak but already the sergeant had recovered from his momentary surprise at mention of the stranger's military rank he had raised his hand to his tricorn hat now he was ready to perform his duty and gladly noted the smith's less aggressive attitude at your service captain he said and now i have my orders i've a right of search and but like veritable quicksilver captain bathurst was upon him in a moment a right of search he said excitedly a right of search did you say sergeant odds my life but i'm in luck sergeant you're the very man for me and he pulled the sergeant by the sleeve i pray you sir protested the latter but the young man was not to be denied sergeant he whispered significantly would you like to earn a hundred guineas one hundred guineas rejoined the soldier readily enough that i would sir 
if you'll tell me how he kept an eye on the little wooden door behind john stitch but his ear leaned towards the stranger the bait was a tempting one a hundred guineas was something of a fortune to a soldier of king george the second listen then said bathurst mysteriously you've heard of beau brocade the highwayman haven't you ay ay nodded the sergeant who hasn't well then you know that there is a price of a hundred guineas for his capture eh think of it sergeant a hundred guineas a little fortune eh the sergeant's eyes twinkled at the thought the soldiers too listened with eager interest for the stranger was no longer talking in a whisper a hundred guineas three little words of wondrous magic which had the power to rouse most men to excitement in those days of penury lady patience's whole soul seemed to have taken refuge in her eyes her body leaning forward her lips parted with a quick-drawn breath she gazed upon the stranger wondering what he would do that he was purposely diverting the sergeant's attention from his purpose she did not dare to think that he was succeeding beyond her wildest hopes was not in doubt for a moment and yet there did not seem much gained by averting the fearful catastrophe for the span of a few brief minutes ay a fortune indeed sighed the sergeant with obvious longing and i have sworn to lay that daredevil highwayman by the heels continued the young man i know where he lies hidden at this very moment but by satan and all his crew i cannot lay hands upon the rascal how so the house is private worse luck i have no right of search the sergeant gave a knowing wink hum he said i understand then he added significantly but the reward odds life you shall have the whole of that sergeant and if your men will help me there shall be another hundred to divide between them i have sworn to lay the rogue by the heels for my honour's sake would you believe me sergeant tis but a week ago that rascally highwayman robbed me in broad daylight fifty guineas he took from me now i've a bet with captain borrowdale five hundred guineas aside that i'll bring about the rogue's capture there was no doubt now that the sergeant's interest was fully aroused the soldiers at mention of the reward which was to be theirs hung upon their sergeant's lips hoping for the order to march on this very lucrative errand hum muttered the latter with a knowing wink perhaps that highwayman is a personal enemy of yours as well sir ay sighed captain bathurst pathetically the worst i ever had and you'd be mightily glad to see him hanged and i mistake not what zounds but i wouldn't say that exactly sergeant but i have no love for him tis many an ill turn he has done me of late i understand then the reward 
you shall have every penny of it friend and a hundred guineas for your men what say you gallant soldiers and he turned gaily to the little squad who had stood at very close attention all this while but there was no need to make this direct appeal the men were only too ready to be up and doing to earn the reward and leave john stitch and the very problematical rebel to look after themselves now quick's the word said the young man briskly there's not a moment to be lost at your service captain replied the sergeant turning once more towards the inner door before which john stitch still held guard as soon as i've searched this forge nay man and you waste a minute you and your men will miss bow brocade and the hundred guineas reward quick man he added hurriedly seeing that the soldier had paused irresolute quick with your fellows straight up the road that leads northward i'm on horseback i'll overtake you as soon as may be but you'll see a lonely cottage about half a mile from here then a bridle path on the left follow that you'll come to a house that was once an inn the rascal is there i saw him not half an hour ago but the rebel captain feebly protested the sergeant my duty nay sergeant as you will said bathurst coolly with a great show of complete indifference but while you parley here bow brocade will slip through your fingers he is at the house now he may be gone by sunset odds life search for your rebels go on waste time and the hundred guineas are lost to you and your men forever it was obvious that both sergeant and men were determined not to lose this opportunity of a bold bid for fortune done with you sir he said resolutely after all he added as a concession to his own sense of duty i can always come back and search the forge afterwards all the soldiers seemed as one man to be uttering a sigh of relief and eager anticipation and even before the sergeant had spoken the word they turned to go you are a wise man sergeant said bathurst jovially off with you straight along that road you see before you the cottage is just beyond that clump of distant firs there you'll see the bridle path but i'll overtake you before then never fear time to give my horse a handful of oats but even while he spoke the sergeant had called attention i'll not fail you sir he shouted excitedly a hundred guineas odds my life tis a fortune left turn quick march the young man stood in the doorway and watched the little squad as preceded by their sergeant they plodded their way northwards in quest of fortune john stitch too followed them with his eyes until the bend in the road hid the red coats from view then both turned and came within but lady patience through it all never looked at the soldiers her eyes large 
glowing magnetic were fixed upon the stranger in the forge as if in a trance of joy and gratitude End of chapter ten